you want to make sure that the company you buy is going to continue in the same trajectory that they had because this is why you buy them because they're doing great and try to make them do even better, not the other way around. Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Marketing Revisited. My name is Liam Maroney. I am your host. And on this podcast, I talk to the smartest marketers I know one topic at a time to learn what's new, what's changed, and what you need to leave behind to be a better marketer. And today's topic was mergers and acquisitions. So I had the great pleasure of talking to Gwen Lafage, who is the VP of Brand and Content at Cinch. And in the last year alone has had to oversee the acquisition of four different companies brought into the Cinch family and under the brand. So we talked about it in depth and there's some great stuff in there. It's a terrific episode. Have a listen. Gwen, thank you so much for joining. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Great. Thank you so much for having me. So glad we finally get to talk. <laughs> I feel like there's so much background that people who don't listen to this podcast don't know. There's like just <laughs> calendaring back and forth and we had dates and we missed dates, but we're here, we're doing it and I'm so excited and exactly. it's a topic I'm really eager to talk to. So we'll jump right in. The topic is M&A mergers and acquisitions and really from a marketing point of view, what, what the impacts are, what people should expect I've been on the acquired side a couple of times in my career, so I've seen this from that perspective, but you've been sitting in a seat where you have acquired companies at four within a year, which is a ridiculous amount to try and consume in. So what I'd love to do is I want to get into that and hear from a marketing point of view what what impact it has, what changes, what it does to your strategy, how you can keep all of these things together. So I guess first, just for the background so people understand, can you just give a sense of what those four acquisitions, like what that journey looked like from your perspective? Yeah, so a little bit of background, I guess, about uh, Cinch, which is the the company I've joined over a year ago now. So Cinch, I've grown a lot over the years and both through organic growth, but also through acquisition. So in the past or last year, we did four acquisitions, but the year before that, there was four acquisitions. And the year before that, probably a couple more. So basically, the the company have, have really evolved and transformed really, really fast. Today, we are a company of almost 4,000 people. When I joined, I think we were like 800. So it's it's been like a, a crazy year from an acquisition perspective, but from a growth perspective as well, right? And so to understand a bit of the context, Cinch is what we call a CBAS company. So it's communication platform as a service. So we provide communication tools to your clients so that they can communicate with their clients and get closer with the clients. So at first we started as an SMS company and as kind of doing messaging. And then uh, in order to become a true CPAS company, you need to really build that portfolio. And SMS and messaging is one way to communicate with clients, but it's not the only one. So we've acquired a lot of conversational tools. So using some of the, um, uh, being able uh, to, to communicate through like the other channels like WhatsApp and Facebook and, and those kind of messaging uh, channels, but also through voice. So one of the acquisitions we made last year was acquiring a big voice company in the US. And now we added email. So the last acquisition we made was actually an email provider so that you get the entire arrow of communication tools and, and can really provide that to your clients so that they have 
the choice of how they want to engage with their audiences and stay closer mm-hmm. with them. So that's kind of a little bit of the, the the background of why and the strategy behind is really to to kind of bring well the depth of the portfolio and also we are truly global company. So started in Sweden, we've acquired a company everywhere. So we have offices in more than forty countries and. I mean, two of the big acquisitions last year were in the U.S., so we became a lot stronger in the U.S., but we also have made some acquisition in South America and in India. And uh, so it's it's kind of a dual a dual way, I guess, to to grow in a quarry company for several reasons, geographic and stra- strategic. Yep. Gotcha. So just to make sure we're thinking about this right, it sounds like these acquisitions were ones where the intention was that that brand and those features would get rolled into the central one. So eventually it the brand that you had acquired would sort of be sunsetted and then become part of the overall cinch brand. Is that correct? So yes and no. So this has been a really interesting journey from a brand perspective, right? I come from from agencies and and brand agencies and B2B tech agencies. And what started, I think, as like a simple, well, same simple portfolio. I, I would say a lot of like the SaaS company, right? Like they have a one product and a one name, a one brand, and that's the product, that's the name. That's like there's only one, right? So it's kind of somehow I I am jealous of those marketers that only have two market, one brand and one product because <laughs> it's like so much easier. But the complexity of our portfolio meant that we have uh, the name of the company, so being Cinch, which is actually a company that we acquired and took the name. The company was called CLX Communication, like a few years back, and they're like, oh, Cinch is a bit more sexy, I guess. <laughs> so <laughs> let's, let's go for that. So it's a young brand in some way that is about like three and a half years old or something like that. So it's a very new brand. And then Inside of that, we started to acquire those companies that have a yeah name and their own brand, right? So it's not a one size fit all. And I think the approach that we took was understanding the market and the audience of the company that we acquired and how well known the brand that we acquired is or was and how people really connected to it if there was like an attachment to that brand. So it's not really like a clear cut on like, oh yeah, let's just sunset the brand, right? It's, it's really understanding what the brand meant for people and it hit if we had, if there was a value in keeping it or not. So mm-hmm. depending on the brand that we acquired last year, some are still product brands and some disappeared as a product brand because they were, let's say we we do, we sell a lot of APIs, right? So in a way, it's not really concrete products that deserve to have kind of a product identity. So in that sense, the APIs in sense don't have really like a specific name or a specific kind of sub-brand. But in some, and the example of uh, the email company we acquired, and they have two products, Melgun and Meljet. They themselves went through acquisition, right? So they had those kind of two products and they are really targeting a different audience. They are an email solution, very much focused on developers. And that name and that brand is well known and liked by the developer audience. So we decided to keep it because it would be stupid to really lose 
what has been built there, right? So now it's like Melgan by Cinch or Cinch Mel- Melgan, right? And it's part of the portfolio, but it's keeping its name. Um, I actually on that really quick. So how did you determine that? Because I'm sure on the acquired brand side, they're going to want to keep the integrity they've worked to build all of this. But how do you objectively decide that there is enough equity, there is enough of a customer base that likes this brand that it is worth keeping? So I I will say that to put things a bit into context, since it's a Swedish company, and in some ways it has an impact on how things are done and how acquisition are done. It's a very soft approach, which is very based on dialogue and collaboration. So that's kind of like the Swedish way of doing things, the Swedish way okay. of, of of working, right? Everything is is or not is within the compromise. So if you compare that to like American way, I think like American way and probably in acquisition is the same. It's like, oh, let's just buy this and then who cares about the brand? We just replace, right? And you just kind of get absorbed because, you know, we are the no, buyer. No. And that was my so, experience. Yep. Yeah. The Swedish way is very different. It's kind of like a softer approach with a lot of collaboration and discussion with the acquired company on like, okay, so how are we going to do this? How are we kind of evolve together? Leave time for the acquisition and the actual merge in a way to happen and let people kind of like get that time. And it's based on the discussion. So the voice provider or the voice company we acquire is a company called Intelligent, big US company, not that well known, but we, the, the, the name and the equity and was, didn't matter as much for the people. Also probably a company that was not marketing focused as much. And which didn't have a really uh, sophisticated digital acquisition uh, machine. So mm-hmm. in a way, the name didn't have as much weight or the brand didn't have as much weight as for like a Melgun that is really have great kind of like digital marketing in place and have built kind of that equity and make sense to kind of like keep that name. So we didn't do like a very complex kind of brand study or like spend months in kind of doing that. It's more like discussing with the different company we acquire and finding what feels right for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so, and, and I think it's, it in some way makes sense when, when there's a separate target audience, when you can see that people engage with that brand, right? Like when, when it comes to, for example, developer audiences, you can see on this channel they use or like on, you know, whether it's Reddit or like you can kind of see that that kind of the name is there and the strategy at the company we acquired is there to kind of maintain that. And that was also a company that had a really great marketing team, great digital marketing funnel and and machine in place, doing a lot of acquisitions through that channel, right? So the last thing you want to do is buy a company and cut that because that's where their revenue come from, right? So you have to be really careful of not just like, you know, cutting the grass under <laughs> the, you know, or the feet of the company you just acquired, right? You want to make sure that the company you buy is going to continue in the same trajectory that they had because this is where you buy them because they're doing great and try to make them do even better, not the other way around. And yeah, I think that's absolutely. a mistake that a lot of another company uh, do when they acquire a company. They say, oh, we're going to just acquire the company and then they just manage to kind of kill what was good about it. 
So I think this is something very careful about, like trying to keep why this company was great to begin with. Yeah. I'd love to get really into the weeds of sort of how this happens when you are about to go through this whole process. And so obviously there's an enormous amount of complexity. There's communications that has to happen from both sides. They have to be coordinated. So once you have learned that this acquisition is going to take place and you have a timeline in mind, from a marketing and brand point of view, what now happens? What are your considerations? What do you look for? Like, Talk me through that process from that moment. Yes. So we have kind of a well-owned process, right? Because we've done it so many times. So as I was last year, very much involved in a lot, lot of uh, all those acquisitions, the first step or like I was made aware of like within our acquired company a few days before it's announced because obviously marketing is involved in announcing it. So that week that leads to the announcement is very intense. It's a lot of like back and forth and discussion between the acquired company and 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 I know us, I guess, and we have like daily meetings of like, okay, here's all the steps of what we need to get done to announce the acquisition. So at that point, it's very much focused on comms, right? Like internal comms so that we make sure employees on both sides are aware this is happening and we tell them at the right time, but also external comms because you need to tell the market. Cinch is a uh, is on the, the Stockholm uh, Stock Exchange. So it's a listed company. So it added a layer of complexity, right? You'd first need to kind of make sure it's on that side investor. And then there's like the, the, the timing goes from there. A lot of like preparation and announcing that to the employee, how are we going to do it? Like the whole hands part of it, the email from the CEOs, like all of that part, the, the, the meeting when it happens. The documents you need to have ready, right? The FAQ and that type of stuff that needs to be there so that you make sure you reassure people on both sides and you cover all the questions that may may come. Once that's done and that's announced, there is a period and it depends on the acquisition between when you announce it and when the acquisition actually takes place, the signature, right? Like the, yeah, when it's actually mm-hmm. uh, uh, done. So sometimes it goes super fast and sometimes it takes months. Okay, so we're talking about the complexities and the different things involved during an acquisition. And from a branding point of view, you know, you were mentioning things like website changes, you're mentioning, you know, kind of like tone of voice. Obviously, it depends. You're going to have scenarios where brands will be acquired, but they will continue to operate as standalone brands. And they're ones where they get rolled into the family. From, from a communication point of view, though, like, are there things that you go through and that you went through where you were now handing over or changing the tones of voices or the colors or like, how do you, how do you incorporate someone else's brand into your own? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I think like we, it, again, because of this, this way of doing things is a lot within kind of like a discussion and how we can move the needle in one side and, and the other, I think like there is several things within brand, right? Of course, the first thing we, think about is like the logo and the name and the colors right and the design well like i think in a way it's important but what's really important is also the the story and kind of like the brand foundation and what your brand means and what the story the the strategic branding part of it um and that is an exercise we're still going through or like because it takes time to evolve your story, right? And in a way, I think 
the cosmetic of it stays within cosmetic, right? What really imp is more important is how adding a new company and adding like a new skill set in a way or a new part of your portfolio, just like expand your story and, and change it. So that's where you really need to make sure that you tell the right story. So I think that's kind of where it starts. And when you have that, then you can also kind of design from a, uh, a design perspective, how do you create a one brand, like a one cinch, right? Like I think for us, it's kind of like important, even if we have sub brand, and if we, even if we have kind of separate products that are going potentially after a slightly different audience or that offering a different product, there's still definitely synergies between the different products and there's still an important of being able to do upsell and cross-sell, right? That's kind of a big part of the acquisition is really to be able to kind of sell that whole portfolio and someone that does messaging with you, why not choose you for their email and for their voice provider, right? So that they can, they can all go together. And I think it's as long as all the brands can fit within one big umbrella of the company and feel that they are part and they belong, it's also okay if there's slight differences. So in an ideal scenario, I would love for all the Cinch brands to belong to the Cinch brand physically. I mean, like, you know, from a design perspective, but they could have slight difference so that you can, they can have a little bit of uh, an element of their identity or their design that that varies so that they are slightly different. But in an ideal world, I would like them all to kind of make sure they belong and they feel like Cinch. I think as you grow and become like a, a big company globally, even within one brand, you have several design teams. Within different market, there's design sensibility that are going to be different. So the consistency and, and building that at the global scale is already a challenge without adding several brands. So when you add several brands, yeah, there's differences. But I think to me, it's like making sure you don't stop at like some small details, especially when it comes to digital, because it goes away, right, so fast that it has to feel like it belongs to the Cinch company. Yeah, and on that, are there, you know, you mentioned like the small differences. Are there things that in your mind have to be consistent? Like, I mean, you know, I'll give you like an extreme example that let's say, you know, Cinch acquires a brand who have a, a tone of voice that is casual swearing and they're very provocative. Like uh, what things have to be consistent throughout? Yeah, I think we, we're going through an exercise of trying to bring them closer together. And I, I, I think if it, it depends as well of, of what you gain and lose by changing what you acquire, right? Like, uh, and how much, um, of that, let's say if we take tone of voice, how much of the identity of the company is linked to the tone of voice? How strong is it? How much people relate to it? And where do you see the company going, right? Because let's say we are, we are a very enterprise focused company at some point and some of the acquisition we made they might not be as enterprise, right? They are targeting maybe more scale-ups or 
they go after developers or like, so the way we decided from strategic, and, and this goes way beyond design and tone of voice, from a strategic uh, point of view, the company decided to get structured by business units. So we have now business units that cater to different audiences, but also have slight, uh, uh, might not focus on the same portfolio, right? Like we have an email business unit and we basically took that company workforce and they became the email business unit and they have kept their own marketing team and the whole marketing machine that is working so well. And it would, and on the other side, we have like an enterprise business unit, which is enterprise and messaging, which is kind of the original singe. And that kind of like stay separated. So we, we kind of like kept the approach or took an approach of keeping things more separated that join. And now the big challenge now is like how you make sure that all of those business units contribute to building the Singe brand because without them, we won't be strong enough, right? We don't have like the the budget and the capacity to build like five different brands. It's hard enough to build one. That's the discussion that we're having with them right now on like, okay, how do you contribute and how do you use your brand to build the Singe brand at the same time? It really is kind of a, a one yeah, unique approach, I think, for all companies and all acquisition, right? If you take other examples, let's say uh, a, uh, I don't know, like a Salesforce is a good example because they tend to acquire a lot of company. They're calling Slack. Slack stays Slack. It's part of the Salesforce portfolio. But obviously the new, the equity and like the power of the Slack brand and like, well, we're not going to kill it. That would be stupid, right? So they decided to keep very separate approach. When you look at that, the thing that Salesforce does, that Salesforce brand itself is big and no, they don't need Slack to build their own brand, right? But like for Cinch, it's a little bit different. We kind of, in a way, new on the US market, not that well known. We need all the help we can get from the business unit and the other brands to help build Cinch more and more. So that's kind of like the, the d- discussion we're having with them and like how can they move the needle on some of the things that they are doing and some of their tone of voice or some of the color they're using to kind of start belonging more and more under the cinch or to the cinch brand. So it's a process. Yeah. And, and actually the process is something I'd, I'd like to talk about. I know there's probably a hundred different answers to the question I'm about to ask you, but I'd love to get an idea of like, what are the milestones and timelines that you think get when you go through this? And then let me give you an example. So once the acquisition is in place, there's obviously a, an initial comms, there's customer comms, then there's sort of a I'm guessing a slower rollout of as this starts to kind of like take shape. Like what, what timeline from the start to the end do you think? Like what are the major blocks? What happens rapidly? What happens slow? So again, it depends of the acquisitions. I think we didn't do things at the same pace for all the different companies. Some of them in like six months, they became cinch. They changed their whole look and feel. They re, at first, like you, I mean, you have different options on how fast you want to go. It depends on the extent of their website. Like the website is always a big piece because it's a lot more difficult to kind of sunset it rather than just redesigning a few collaterals, right? So some of them, you keep their website, do a little bit of like paint so that it's kind of like <laughs> match the color palette. Some of them you decide, see how they re- redirect the traffic as much as you can. And then when you feel you're not losing anything by, you know, making that website go away, then you do it, right? But I think it's like, 
And that can go pretty fast. It depends really of like the, the brand itself, the company itself, and the digital machine behind that website. Some of them will take a lot, much longer time and some of them will keep. Like I think, again, back to the example of the email, they, it's such a different product. There's a lot of like information and a lot of things that are specific to email that might get lost if you just blend them within like another website that talks about everything. And in that case, because it's also a a pretty big company, you will probably, of course, kind of have some redirect and like point to it, but will probably keep that website. And again, the example of, of Salesforce is like how they've done it with Slack, but also with Tableau. There's analytics on the Salesforce website, but then... And you can see this element of the Tableau brand in there, right? Like the little crosses and colors. And then, but you still have like a full Tableau website that looks like Tableau. So I think they've done it in a very like uh, kind of a dual way. And so I think there's, like you said, there's several options and several way of doing it. I it, it all depends on where you start. For us, it's now how we make sure that from a product and a business perspective, you keep the business going, you make sure things kind of like expand from there, but you help build a one brand. So it's kind of like the, the dual approach in a way. I'd love to talk about a, a very different angle, which is, you know, you, you mentioned earlier, it's hard just to build one brand. And, you know, obviously like four acquisitions in a year is an enormous amount of distraction from just normally focusing on the cinch brand. How... Obviously, most companies probably are not going to go through the same volume of acquisitions, but how do you work this in? Like, how do you focus on this story without losing focus on the main cinch? Like, what is that balance? It's a difficult one, to be honest. I think, like, we kind of try to do all of it at once, and it's, like, sometimes frustrating, to be honest, because it is hard to, to do it all. But that's kind of a bit of the challenge of being at this kind of super fast growth company, right? Things change all the time. You have to kind of like adjust and go fast. So we, my my role, and I guess the, the balance I had last year was probably more focused on, on acquisition than on kind of the cinch brand. But at the same time, we also evolve our visual identity and launch a new website. So all of that in parallel, and we had to launch that website before some of those major acquisitions because the brand wasn't where we wanted it to be. So I think like we did it all kind of as the same time. Now we have way more solid foundations of creating a brand that also people like and want to be part of is also important because of course, if you like, if you're the, the brand acquiring another brand and your brand sucks, then they'll be like, well, why? <laughs> do I want to be part of this, right? I hate this brand. Like, I don't want to look like them. They're like old school. And like, they, you know, that that kind of happened. So I think we kind of went through that journey of like putting in place some of the foundation of building a brand that people will will, will like both internally and as kind of uh, our, our customers or the, or the market. And a brand is alive, right? It evolves. It's not something that you just like, decide once and then it's like this for the rest of your life, right? It keeps evolving. So the progress that we made, we're building like a design team nine house more and evolving on some of the foundation we've done. 
taking into account some of the feedback and some of the learning from this acquired company as well and be like, okay, how do we make the brand stronger and get to a point where it's the brand that all of us together are kind of putting together, right? Like, so I think that's, that's kind of the process. And I think the Centrum got kind of built up last year through those acquisition. Of course, every acquisition makes the, the company and the brand stronger. But at the same time, we have a little bit of a deficit of a brand because we're so new and not that well known on the US market, right? If you look at some of our competitors, even some of the smallest one, they might uh, resonate more. People might know more about them purely in the US, where in reality, we are so much bigger than them. We are in a complex market where some of our competitors are also our clients. Yeah, we serve maybe. like eight of 10 of the biggest tech company in the US. So it's, it's, it's just like this idea of scale. And yet I think the brand is probably not there. Like if we ask people, do you know about Cinch? I mean, did you know about Cinch before we started talking, right? And I think we are now at a place where we need to build that brand from a, an awareness perspective and putting kind of activities behind that. So that's going to be the kind of the next phase of it. Now we have a new website, we have new visual identity we like, we've established a tone of voice. We are starting to put together some more kind of campaigns, launching a podcast, having kind of more so leadership around the brand and having that kind of come together. So that's kind of the next challenge of like mixing the content or what I think is like the content side of the brand and trying to kind of evolve and and push that more than before. Communications. You'd mentioned, you know, during the acquisition process, you each individual company is doing their comms, they're speaking to their customers. Where have you found it work where you do joint things where you can benefit? I, I hate using the word synergy, but it's the best word I can think of right now. Like, you know, like uh, trade show activations where you share a booth or joint things like where have you seen effective methods of doing that yes so that has been a big part of the process since let's say since since december when all the acquisition kind of closed and we started to get into like get together mode um we started what we call chapters so like a social media chapters and event chapters a uh, content chapter and trying to see, okay, what is, let's say, let's take events. Uh, let's, what are the list of events that you guys are attending and the one we are attending? Oh, there's some that we both are attending. Can we join force and make sure we go there as one company? In April, we attended this big conference. This was like the big, the, the first booth that we did as one company that had all the different communication tool, right? Like SMS messaging email, voice, all coming together. It, the event was called Enterprise Connect in Orlando. It was kind of the first time we used that event as a kind of brand building milestone on like both internally on like how you get the teams come together, right? You get the sales team from the different companies kind of be there on the one booth and from a visual perspective and how you kind of had those. We did a roundtable with the 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 president of the business unit, which were the CEOs of the acquired company. Uh, so there was the Cinch CEO, the Mel <laughs> Gun CEO, and the Intellic one one, and all three of them together with an analyst. They came together and did this this roundtable so that we can also explain this journey we've been on, right? And I think that's as much a, 
a brand building a, a activity as much as a education of the market and explaining like what's been happening in Scent, right? Like why this kind of crazy journey? And it's because the market is very competitive and we've seen this kind of acquisition trend in a lot of our competitors. The first one to kind of get there <laughs> will kind of win in a way, right? So, right. Uh, yeah. All right, last question. As someone who's gone through plenty of these and seen them go through from end to end, if you were giving advice to someone who was now told you're head of marketing or acquiring a company, there's a whole thing that happened. What common mistake would you tell them? Like, don't do this. Be aware this is going to be a thing. I think I will say don't force thing on people and come in thinking I'm the one acquiring. I'm the one deciding just like you're not happy with it. Here's the door, right? Like, I think like you have to really be mindful of when you acquire a company, you acquire the talent within the companies and what what they've built, right? So I think understanding that and being very uh, humble about your position, I think, and, and creating this dialogue and understanding that it might be hard for them to go through this process, I think is having, yeah, empathy and being humble. I think that would be like the, the biggest uh, advice and make sure you build this this dialogue and this relationships so that once you start working together and you actually like each other because you're nice people, <laughs> like then it makes it a lot easier. Then it doesn't matter as much like who is acquiring who, right? You just became become part of the same company and don't set up this like hierarchy of like acquiring, acquiring, right? Like I think it's it's just like, especially from the marketing, you're like, Marketers getting together, you're getting stronger, you're getting a stronger team. That's fun. And I think it's a fun thing to do, right? Like all of a sudden you get like 20, 400 new colleagues, 800 new colleagues, and you just like became this different company. And I think it's, uh, to me, I, I enjoy that part a lot because it's adding new talented people to a team. It's fantastic. So I think having this humility is probably the best advice. That is a wonderful answer. And as someone who was on the acquired side, I've seen that done well and I've seen that done badly. And it makes every bit of difference when you see it done well. This was a wonderful conversation. I'm glad we finally got to do it. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me. It was uh, a pleasure. (laughs) 